Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. so, so grateful. Happy Easter. And we're hoping you're having the best day today. You know, I don't know if anyone would ever doubt the fact that a blue-collar worker named Jesus Christ died and he was raised. Most people believe that. However, very few people ever experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what would it be if he was raised from the dead and I believed it, but I never experienced uh, that for myself. And he is out of the grave, but I have good news for you. I'm coming out of the grave too. If he's out, I'm not going to live like I'm still in the grave because he's not in the grave. He is alive and he is risen forevermore. Can you say amen? And again, very few people, many believe that Jesus died and even more believe that he was raised. However, very few experience that he's come out of the grave in their everyday lives. And the resurrection isn't just for 2,000 years ago. It is for us today in every part of our lives. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Romans chapter 6, and I want to live in the reality of the resurrection. I want to have a new mind. I want to have a new perspective. I want you to begin to think of any area of your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's an addiction where life has ceased to flow. There is a breach. We do not put living things in a grave. A grave represents any toxic relationship, any dysfunctional thought, any relationship that is broken, any dream that has died. And this isn't just for the past year. This could be a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Can I say that very area of our life, I'm coming out today because if he's out of the grave, I'm going to experience the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have your Bibles. I want to show you scriptures that connect not only the resurrection that his physical body was raised, but that our lives can experience that reality. Let's start with Romans chapter 6, and we're going to begin to look at verse 5. It says, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So we can have an experience with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want you now to go to Romans chapter 8, one of my very favorite scriptures. I love this, verse 11. And even right now in your body, in your mind, in your relationships, get this, your perspective's going to change. Your desires are going to change. If Christ has come out of the grave, then we can have the newness of life. I love this, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit 
that raised him from the dead, but the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So it's not just that his body came out of the grave. That same spirit is living or dwelling in us. He who raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. For years, I thought it would be an immortal body. Can I tell you, when we get to heaven and we have an immortal body, we will not need to be quickened. But right now, on Easter, because he's out of the grave, we can experience God in a fresh new way. Come on. Go to this next one. So good. It's one of my favorites. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 5 and 6. And again, if he is out of the grave, I want to live in the reality of the resurrection with a new mind, a new heart, a new perspective, a new faith, and a new identity. I love this. Ephesians chapter 2. It says, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. So not only did we die, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on. We are far above all rule, all power, all dominion. I don't know what force. I don't know what negative energy. I don't know what wicked karma is trying to get you back and stuck in a negative cycle. But because Jesus Christ came out of the grave, you're going to be lifted up. And you're not only lifted up, you're seated together with him far above all rule, all power, all dominion, and all principality. Everyone say, I'm out of the grave. Go with me to this next scripture. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and I love this. It says in verse 12, look at Colossians 2, verse 12. It says, buried with him in baptism. And by the way, we bury things that are dead. Some of us right now just want to stop and take a commercial break. Some things in us have died in 2020, in the beginning of 2021, and if they're dead, it's now time to bury them that you could come out of the grave and live in the newness of life. Come on, are you with me? It says, it's buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Everyone say, come out. Say it again. You know what's amazing? 2,000 years ago, on this day, Jesus Christ came out of the grave. He was raised. However, his followers, his believers, his disciples, they did not experience that reality. And just like those believers then, some of us, we believe in the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, yet we live as if we are in the grave. We know he's not in the grave, but we're willing to live in the grave. And can I say, I don't want to live that way any longer. And I want to come out of the grave. Now, I want to begin to talk about something. How can we come out of something that we're not in? Did you hear me? How can we come out of something that we're not in? In the summer, when we take vacation, when the boys were young and they would be in a pool at a hotel and it would be time to dinner and Becky would say, we were watching and she'd say, boys, 
It's time to come out of the water. And you go, no, mom, give us five more minutes. Boys, it's time to come out of the water. No, mom, give us five more minutes. Can I say you can't come out of something if you're not in something? And you know one thing I'm not going to do this Easter is tell the grave, give me five more minutes. I'm done with living like that. And you can't, oh, 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 don't make me come off this platform and preach to you people. I don't want five more minutes of dysfunction, negative cycle, brokenness. Come on. Christianity isn't just the death, the burial, and the resurrection for one. It is for you. It is for me. I don't want five more minutes in the lake of fire with Satan with floaties on. Come on. I want to come out of the grave, and I want to live in the newness of life. Can you say amen? Now, get this. You see, you can't come out unless you were in. And can it say, you say, well, how can I be in the grave since I'm living? I want to give you three reasons why you and I can still live in the grave when Jesus is out of the grave. Number one, we've all sinned. Even with your nice Easter jacket on, with your pink dress, you have still sinned. And that's why we could live in the grave when he's out of the grave because we've sinned. Another reason why we could begin to live in the grave when he's out of the grave, please hear this, hear this, this is a top reason, is because we believe that his resurrection, let's just stop and pause. And that's what we were singing about, that he's out of the grave, that his resurrection was only for his physical body and that is not true because if he died and he was buried and he was raised on the third day, that affects you and I and our reality right now. We don't have to stay in that swimming pool or that grave or that cycle or that cul-de-sac of hell where you're going around and around and around. Today is the day I'm going to experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's for me. It's for my body. It's for my mind. It's for my family. It's for my relationships. Come on, it's for all of my life. Can you say amen? amen? Now, let me tell you one reason, another reason, a third reason that we're comfortable in staying in the grave is because we could be successful. Sometimes success keeps us in the grave. Come on, I don't care how great the championship was in 1990, the year 2000, that, you, that guy that you dated all the way back in 2002, come on, you've been broke up for 10 years, 15 years, that is over. Success can destroy our lives because the greatest success is that Jesus Christ came out of the grave and I want to live with him. Can you say amen? You see, you can't come out unless you were in. Now, I want to begin to say this. When Jesus came out of the grave, what's interesting, he did not go to his 12 followers or his disciples and say this. He didn't say, hey, let's have a prayer meeting. Let's have a miracle service. He didn't say, hey, meet me at the church and we're really going to worship. We're going to have a drummer and a violinist and we're going to celebrate that I came out of the grave. Now, let me tell you what he did. When he came out, they were still in. And when he came out, he actually went to his friends, 11 of them, that were afraid, doubting, and unbelieving. And when he went to them, he went to, I mean, a beach, he cooked some fish, and they thought he was Patrick Swayze, I mean, a ghost or a phantom. 
and say, no, I'm not Patrick Swayze. I'm Jesus. I'm eating, be believing and not unbelieving. Then he appeared to the 10 and they told Thomas and Thomas said, I will not believe unless I touch his wounds. Then he appeared again to the 11. He said, here you go, chump. Here's my uh, wounds. Touch them. He said, be believing, not unbelieving. Can I say today, I don't want to live in the grave or the swimming pool of doubt and unbelief. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and it's more than a card. It's more than an Easter egg. It's more than a bunny. We can experience the newness of life. I don't have to live that way any longer. I'm coming out. Can you say amen? And I just want to begin to think, why did he give so many infallible proofs? Again, he appeared to Mary. He appeared to Peter and John. And John outran Peter. He appeared to James. He appeared to Paul. He appeared to the 10, then to the 11. He appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to 500 people at once. Why? Because he was saying one thing to us, City Church, California. It's not good enough that I died and I was buried because guess what? When things die, we put them in a grave, but he was raised on the third day. Why? That you and I could have the reality of the resurrection. I don't want to live like the first disciple stuck, even though he's out of the grave. Can you say amen? Now, I want to begin to answer this question. How did they come out of the grave? How did the 11 come out of the grave? And I believe this is how we will come out of the grave. Number one, they repented. Number two, they believed. Number three, they were baptized. I just want to say that again. Number one, they repented. Number two, they believed. And number three, they were baptized. Now, one of my favorite things, and I just want you to begin to think about this today on Resurrection Sunday. And again, I have three words for us. He is risen. We're going to begin to repent. And repent isn't just trying to turn away from something that is bad, that is sinful, that is addictive, that is toxic. I want you to know what repent is. It's when we turn to something that is more powerful and more great than the thing we're turning from. My focus isn't my addiction. My focus is the one I'm turning to. Are you with me? Go with me to 1 Thessalonians 1.9. Go to 1 Thessalonians 1.9. And I really love this. And it's repent. It is to turn. Now listen to this. This is 1 Thessalonians. If you have your Bibles, whether it's on a smartphone or not, whether you're here or online, just open up your Bibles. And can I say, as we're in a new era and a new season, I think we need to begin to open our Bibles. And whether that's on the, uh, the phone or our real Bible, bring it wide because this isn't just for 30 minutes on a Sunday. I don't need resurrection just 30 minutes on a Sunday. I need it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, especially Friday night when the feeling's right. Come on. Oh, what a night. I want that reality, and I love this verse. Now, give this, you see, a lot of people, when they begin to think about repentance, they're thinking what they're trying to get out of, trying to get out of this bad cycle, this bad relationship. My name is Jude, and I am, you fill in the blank. That is not how we get out of the grave. This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, and I love this. It says, for they themselves 
declare concerning of us what manner of entry we had to you. Now get this, how you, please get this, get this, how you turn. I memorized this because I had the wrong idea of repentance. I thought repentance was, I was always focusing what I was turning from, but listen to these next words, how you turned, look, watch me, oh, oh, how you turned to God and away from. You see, I'm not focusing on what I'm trying to turn from. What is the thing where life has ceased in your life? What is it that has put you in a grave and you can't get out? Who has invited you into the Roach Motel where you check in and you cannot check out? Come on, stop trying to turn from something and turn to God and naturally you'll turn away from worthless idols. Come on. The important preposition, the first preposition, the one of priority is it's what we're turning to that has the power to give us the strength to turn from. Now, let me tell you, one of my favorite things as a pastor for 35 years is when a guy and a gal meet in church and uh, they come, she comes down the aisle. Now, they kind of ruin it these days because they take before wedding photos, but it used to be old school that the groom could not see the bride, and he was trying to figure right over left, left over right, and what was amazing, and they usually, they, some of them wrote their vows, but usually they had vows, and let me tell you, this is what they did. The, the bride, she would turn, and she would give her bouquet and flowers to the matron of honor, and then she would turn, and the groom was just there, and he would hold her hands. And I'd always instruct him, now listen, when it comes to the vows, I am not marrying you. You're marrying each other. Do not look at me. <laughs> and inevitably, you know, I go, do you take her to be your lawfully, one time I said, your awfully wedded wife. <laughs> no. And he goes, I'll take you to be my awful wife, you know. <laughs> But he would look at me and I go, no, 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 you're marrying her. No, get this, get this. When he turned to her, he naturally turned away from every other woman and individual. And that's what the power of coming out of the grave is. It's not, I'm trying to get over this. I'm trying to get over this. I'm trying to have a jailbreak. I'm trying to get out of jail. No, no, no. You come out when you turn to God who is alive. <laughs> And he's greater than the grave. He's greater than hell. He's greater than death. Come on. Can you say amen? Say, I'm coming out. Now, I want you to go to this next one. Go to Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts, if you're in Revelation, just look at your neighbor and say help, all right? Now, I am going to read from the message paraphrase, and here it goes. It's Peter says, change your life. Say that with me. Change your life. Let's say it again. And how do you change your life? That's really what it means to come out. Turn to God and be baptized. Turn to God. It didn't say what you're turning from. Because can I just say right now, every one of us has something we need to turn from. And for years and years as a believer, I was stuck in a cul-de-sac of hell, death, and Satan. You know why? Because I was constantly focusing on the from instead of the to, the great God I was turning to. And it says this, turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and your sins shall be forgiven. Now get this one, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is targeted for you and for your children. Let's stop right there. It's for you. It's for your children. This 
resurrection is not just for me. It's for Becky. It's for I. It's for my children. It's for my grandchildren. It's for my entire family. If he came out, it is not private. It is not isolated. It is not just a religion. It is a reality. Come on. And I believe that. And I love that. And so we could change our lives. Go to another scripture. Go with me to one more scripture. Go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. And I love this. Testifying to Jews, that's religious or spiritual people, and Greeks, educated, non-spiritual people. Repent. Get this. Repentance. Literally, we're having a change of perspective, a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. Get this. I turn to God. It happened to me. You're not even going to believe this. When you begin to feel God during the summer, I got a, my neck needed to be adjusted. And Becky was saying, you need to go to the chiropractor. And she called, she go, Jude, look at this. And uh, uh, I would do this. Have you ever had that situation? And she said, well, take an Advil. I took a half a bottle of Advil. Because I thought, I'm coming out. And all of a sudden, my neck started moving. I want to say right now, without Jesus Christ being raised from the dead, you and I would never have the power to turn to God in a way. That resurrection gives us the power to change our lives. And at the core of your change, your transformation, my transformation, is the reality that Jesus Christ came out of the grave. It's not just Easter. It is a reality. Come on. Can you say amen? Now, now, get this. Not only do we repent, say that with me, repent. Now, let me just tell you what repent is. It gives you the power to come out of the grave. And for me, it happened 41 years ago. And I was going this way. I was going south on the I-5, headed towards hell. And one day I heard that God was good, that he was for me that he was not against me and that every evil thing that ever happened in my life, it was not him. And I began to turn around and I began to run towards God. You said, hey, have you ever fallen? Have you ever made a mistake? Yes, but I'm going in the right direction now. I've turned to God. I'm not driving away from God. I'm driving to God. Come on. Can you say amen? My mind changed, my perspective changed, my heart changed. Everyone say repent, repent. say believe. believe. Say it again, repent, repent. say believe. Amen. Now, I want you to know this. Believe is not just believing in a fact. It's trusting, I want to say it this way, you trust in the Lord with all your heart. You lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge him. We can believe in the fact that there was a guy named Jesus, blue-collar worker. He died, he was buried, and he was raised, or he came out on the third day and still live in the grave ourselves. But until we begin to trust him with all our heart, then we will not experience resurrection. Now, again, my favorite part, really, of uh, seeing a couple get married, and this, this was it. And you know what? Uh, I think I officiated over a hundred weddings. I never have seen one unattractive bride. <laughs> Even if she was on her wedding day, it's like, my gosh, what happened? <laughs> come on. <laughs> Somebody come out. <laughs> now, they don't, they ruined it. All these millennials and Zs, they ruin it now because they want to take nice pictures and videos before the wedding. But I remember old school, the guy would be standing like this, 
Her dad, her mom, or someone would walk her down, maybe a grandparent, down the aisle. And my favorite part is when the groom saw her face for the first time. He lit up like a menorah, a Christmas tree, or a firework. <laughs> and and he, he just got all goo-goo-eyed. Can I tell you, you know what faith is? It's the eye. With it, we see everything except the eye itself. And when I started turning to God, I began to see the goodness in the beauty of God where I wanted to surrender my whole life to God. That's how you come out. It's not just believing, it's trusting. It's not just believing in a fact, it's experiencing a God. Come on. And you say amen. How many of you will give me one more minute? Okay, raise your hand. That's one, that's two, that's three, that's four. Okay, I got 10 more minutes. Come on. Now, now listen to this. I have a Jewish friend, a Jewish acquaintance. Several years ago, uh, they contacted me and they said, I'm nearing the time of passing away and I'm extremely afraid. I want you to hear me. That is the grave. And I, I'm afraid of death. Have you written or preached on anything helping people face death? And that is the greatest fear that keeps us in that grave. And I said, do you believe in God? And again, my Jewish friend said, yes, I believe in uh, the God of Abraham. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I asked another question. Please get me. It's not just believing in God. We exist that anyone believes. But not just believing God. You got to believe he's good. That when you turn to God, you're going to begin to see that he's good. He's always been for you, never, ever against you. And so I said, do you believe that God is good? And you know what my Jewish friend said? Paused, paused. No. It can't be. The Holocaust, terrorism, wars, from the bombing of London to the Middle East to Vietnam, then began to talk about natural disasters. I don't like when they say there were acts of God. God is a giver. He is not a taker. Then I asked my friend, what about penicillin? What about antibiotics? What about the dawn of surgery? My friend who's Jewish, who believed in God, said, well, yeah, that, that's man. That's what human beings do. I said, oh, that's where your belief is. In all of history, if there is a ledger and there is God and their people, on the ledger of people's side is all the good of humanity. And all of evil of humanity's side is all on God's side. You see, I not only believe in God, Hebrews eleven six says this, if you come to God, you have to believe that he is, and he is a rewarder. He is good. The Bible says also in Hebrews chapter 6, that was chapter 11, chapter 6 says, come on, you've heard not only repentance from dead works, but faith towards God. When you begin to see that God is good, he is for you, you're not going to live in the grave five more minutes you're going to outrun everyone to get to that God who is so good and so for you come on amen now this is where we're going to begin to end the band's going to come up so you'll believe that I'm ending amen everyone say repent say believe say be baptized and I want you to go to this last scripture go to Romans chapter 6 and I committed this to memory a long long time ago because I needed help, because he was out of the grave, but I was living as if I was still in the grave. And I love this. What shall we say then? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Get this, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin, not talking about sins, but who we were, live in it any longer? Or do you not know that as many of us that were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Get this, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, how? By the glory of the Father, even so we should come out of the grave or walk in the newness of life. Can I say right now, there's a lot of going on about who our identity is. The Bible says there's neither male nor female. There's neither conservative or liberal. That when we come out of the grave, it's having a new identity of who you are. Sometimes we stay in that grave because it's given us an identity. I'm abused. I'm divorced. I struggle. No. I now have a new identity in Jesus Christ, and I want to experience that right now. <laughs> Becky always wanted to go to Italy. She read books on it. She watched movies about it. And she just wanted to go to Italy. And I like the way she said it with her Louisiana accent. I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Italy. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take her out to bring her in. And so a few years ago, behind her back, which was the greatest miracle ever, I planned the whole entire vacation. First step is I had to get the tickets. I had to book the room, the cruise. And I kid you not, to see her face, we get on the plane. She says, where are we going? I says, we's going to Italy. <laughs> you know what's amazing? You should have saw her. When we first got to Italy, we're in the Tuscan Valley, so beautiful. She was eating the food. She was even trying to speak the language. I think as long as I live, I'll still hear her in my head. Buongiorno. <laughs> I thought, that girl's experiencing Italy. <laughs> I refuse to live one more minute in a grave and only hear about Jesus in sermons, read him in books, maybe even at times reading the Bible. I want to experience Jesus where my speaking and my living and my sitting and my standing are changed forever. I want to come out of the grave. I not only want eternal life, I want to live life with power and resurrection now. Come on. This is where we end. You know what's amazing? I was in high school, which was in the 70s. And if you were born after 1978, the year I graduated from high school, I want you to just know one thing clearly, I hate you. <laughs> joking, joking. Not really, I'm coming out. In New Orleans and around our nation, they had the King Tut exhibit. He was the famous boy king. He became king at nine and ruled for about 10 years and he would die at the age of 19. 
Now, in Egyptian history, only a few lines are written about King Tut. But when they discovered not only his coffin, but 5,000 artifacts, gold, silver, so valuable, he became the most famous Egyptian pharaoh king. And in the 70s, they even made songs about him, King Tut. Can I say right now, he still tours around. And you can see almost not all, but some of the 5,000 jewels and expensive items. And people will go, but let me tell you something. There's two stark differences. This boy king is still dead. He is still in that coffin. But there is a blue-collar worker that went to a cross, and he died for you, and he died for me, and he died for our dysfunction and our sin. And he not only was buried, because that's what you do with dead things. He came up out of the grave. There are no rubies. There's no gold, there's no silver, there's no statues, but there is a risen body that you and I can experience resurrection and never be the same again. Come on. Can you say amen? I want you to stand up with me today. What is it if we believe in Jesus Christ? We believe he died. You know what you do with dead things, and dead means life ceases. You bury them. But he raised, but yet it never changed our life. Then we're still living in the grave. I want to ask this question. Like my boys, Mom, give us five more minutes. Why would we spend one more day without experiencing Jesus Christ? Because we think, that the life we now have is nothing but pure fun and pleasure. Only one day to wake up and see that it was miserable. I don't care what you do in the grave. Paint it, graffiti it, put jewels in it, make it famous. Let everyone come and see your grave. It's still a grave. I want to come out. I don't want to redecorate my grave. I don't want to fix up my grave. I want to get out of my grave. I don't want to paint the grave. I don't want to hoard in the grave. I want to come out the grave. I don't want to date in the grave. I don't want to hold hands in the grave. I want to come out of the grave. I don't want to write my name on the grave. I want to come out of the grave. Come on. I want to ask this. Maybe you believe in God, but you have never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. The first step of this journey, come on, just like Becky going to Italy, the first step of coming out of the grave, you have to take a step out. And I'm asking you right now, not just believe in God, but you're willing to come out of that grave and you can experience the newness of life. You can turn to God. God's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you just to turn to him and believe that he's for you and not against you. If that is you right now, I want you to just raise your hand. I want to commit all my life to God. I want to come out of that grave right now. I want you to raise your hand in the name of Jesus Christ. What is it that we believe that we're coming out of the grave? Come on. The Bible says you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Or another way to say it, you'll come out of the grave. So I'm going to count to three one more time. I believe there's at least 10 people here today. Someone begged you to come. They brought you. And you believe in God. But today is the day 
Today is a day. Don't say five more minutes in the pool. Come on. Today is your day to accept Jesus Christ on the count of three. One, two, you're going to raise your hand. Three, come on. You're giving your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four. Come on. Five. Come on. Wave. Good. Six, seven. Come on. Shout. Stop. I don't, you know, I know it's Easter, but I'm telling you, I want everyone to pray this because I'm, I'm living out of the grave. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. God, I'm turning to you. And because I'm turning to you, I'm going to turn away from my old life. I believe in you, God. You're a good God. You've been raised from the dead. I'm coming out. And I'm going to live in a new reality. I have a new identity. I have been born again in Jesus' name. Now let's just shout to God. Let's worship. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.